Welcome back to Tracking Our History, a feature of the United States Marine Corps Vietnam Tankers Association. This is a special episode, episode 40, with a very special guest, Jan Craig Scruggs. When the warriors were returning from Vietnam, instead of parades and parties and huzzas, these men and women were subject to protests, diatribes, being spat upon, and more. Those who chose to serve their country were met with derision and hate. In the midst of all of that arose a man whose vision was not only here and now, but on into the future. That vision is portrayed in the movie The Healing Wall, directed by Christopher Kozinski. The movie can be found on YouTube.com. The man is Jan Scruggs. Jan not only conceived of a memorial befitting those who gave the last full measure for their country, but also worked to heal the wounds of a great nation the Vietnam War had created. Jan spearheaded the raising of over $8 million, all private donations, to build that wall. The Vietnam Memorial, sometimes known as The Wall, honors the over 58,000 men and women who died in combat or as a result of combat in Vietnam. I'd like to have a little more to say about the wall later, but now I take great pleasure in introducing Jan Scruggs. Welcome aboard, Jan. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be on your train here. It's fantastic. Uh, Jan, let's, if you don't mind, let's start with uh, your call to duty in Vietnam. Yes. We can start with my call to duty. I would say it's, it was really kind of like an an escape from a stepmother, <laughs> my father's second wife. That was kind of in the background. I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I had no skills. I knew how to pump gas and change oil in cars. Mm -hmm. uh, I was not on my way to college. I'd never even dreamed of going to college. Right. And uh, so for me, the Army or the Marine Corps or, or something seemed mm -hmm. like a, a decent option. And uh, it turned out just fine, actually. Thankfully, due to the marksmanship of a North Vietnamese soldier, I got myself shot up. Yeah. which gave me a complete full, full ride, got a master's degree. Ah. Uh, and uh, from getting the master's degree and becoming an expert on PTSD, uh, all of this, the idea for a memorial flowed from that. Oh. So if everything happens for a reason, maybe, or maybe it's random, I have no idea. Yeah. But that's kind of the short story of how I got involved with the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Okay. Uh, I want to touch just short, just briefly, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but can you share with our listening audience the firefight in which you were wounded and received the Army Commendation Medal with uh, the Combat V for Valor? Yes, those are two di two different firefights. Oh, sorry. The, fir the first one was in uh, it was May 1969, May 28th. And we had just had our, my first combat the day before. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, all these guys were shot up. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So I, I took my army poncho and I put it behind my back because I said, I'm going to get shot up today and this is going to save me. That's what was going through my mind. I'm making this up. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm going through the jungle, a lot of shooting going on. And the place I'm laying, I moved behind a tree turned into a little crater, an RPG hit it. The next thing I know, I'm joined by some other guys. We're firing up in the trees, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, everything kind of went black. And 
I started shooting my rifle and then I changed magazines and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't fight anymore. I'm, I'm bleeding out. So I was looking down. It was like my spirit or something. It was like raising out of my, my body. Sure. I was kind of going through the trees as I was praying because I just felt it was so unfair for me at age 19 yeah. to end up a casualty in the Vietnam War. Just didn't seem to be fair. So I prayed and prayed and said, God, get me on this mess. I'll do, I'll do something. I'll do something to pay you back. And uh, so, anyway, that was going through my mind. Wow. And then uh, months later, uh, yeah, I, I was filled with grenade fragments, but the p army ponchos stopped a piece of shrapnel the size of a golf ball. And I'm sure it would have split my spine. Oh and uh, it was just a freaking miracle the whole thing turned out the way it did. Yeah. So, I uh, months later, I was a mortarman. I mean, I wasn't really an infantryman. That mm -hmm. was my primary military occupational specialty. Mm -hmm. But I, I was a, a mortar shooter. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes, we were the fourth platoon with an army infantry company. We were the heavy weapons guy. Right. And it was the 81 millimeter and the 90 millimeter recordless rifle. So... Uh, it's now November of 1969. It's actually Veterans Day. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We're, we're pinned down by Viet, North Vietnamese guys, and we walked into their base camp. And, and uh, so Ooh. I was given this 90 millimeter rifle. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's, you can knock out you right. know, some small tanks with it and that sort of thing. Right. So I was going to knock out this bunker because I had the guy in the sights and the damn gun wouldn't work. Oh. So I reloaded it, did it again. Another guy tried it. And uh, <laughs> we we'd get the hell out of there or we were all gonna get shot full of holes. If they a few more reinforcements they would have wiped us out. Sure. So we start retreating and the captain says, uh, I believe we someone may have left the ninety millimeter recordless rifle. Send someone to get it. So I went and got this stupid rifle that wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, and, and the next day he says, well, we need to commend Specialist 4th Class Jan Scruggs for his uh, wow. <laughs> saving a, a failed piece of uh, military equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, anyway. Yeah. It works well, you know, and having, you know, I, I, that takes some courage to run out there and, and uh, in the midst <laughs> of everything else and pick up a weapon that doesn't fire. Yeah, you know. <laughs> my my twelve gauge worked. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's good. That's good. Uh -huh. um, okay, so uh, you conceived of the Vietnam Memorial Wall, and it sounds like that that came out of that first experience with when you were when you were hit, and you said, you know, let me live, and I'll do something special or you know yeah. unique for that. So that was part of it. Please go ahead. Well, look, I, I came back from the uh, uh, Vietnam War. I, I was barely twenty years old, and uh, I, I had uh, the only therapy I, I could think of. I felt so screwed up. Was uh, I called it M and M, which is motorcycle and, and marijuana therapy. <laughs> I did a lot of both of them. You know, the marijuana, for me anyway, it sort of reduced some of these symptoms. Sure. And, uh, but 
And one day, this was 1972, <clears throat> I was going to college part-time and working part-time like as a janitor. And I said one night to myself, you know what, I think I'm done with this. So I had this coat down in back, chief special in 38 revolver. I pulled the hammer back and I said, time uh, to go. And I said, look, if I'm going to bring that. At least I would see it happen. I wonder if I could see it happen. So I went and turned the window the mirror, had the hammer pulled back, my fingers on the trigger, and I said, nope, not going to happen. I'm going to ease the hammer back, put the gun away, and, you know, try to get on with my life. And what happened was I finally I met the right woman. I became an expert on post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. That's the whole thing. Right. I did research in, at, in getting my master's degree at American University, mm-hmm. and uh, I testified before the United States uh, uh, Senate oh, wow. about the need for you know PTSD centers that would help these guys at the time who were just kind of coming back from, from Vietnam. And uh, so I, I was an expert on something. I had some credibility. Right. My wife and I went to see a movie called The Deer Hunter. Yes, that's in the with movie. Robert yeah. De Niro. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. kind of like a fantasy movie. But, you know, going to war is a little bit like playing Russian roulette. You have no idea what's going to happen. And a clerk typist might get hit by a, you know, a stray bullet. The guy's walking point for 12 months never gets a scratch. You just never know. Yeah. So... But it had an effect on me, and I stayed up all night, and, uh, you know, I, I said, look, I, I, I can build a memorial, a National Vietnam Veterans Memorial. I know I can do it, but I needed a little time off of work, so I went to the Department of Labor where I worked. I was an investigator, mm-hmm. and the uh, my boss said, you're telling me you need a couple of weeks off work because you're going to build a national memorial in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. You, a GS7 wearing blue jeans who can't even tie a tie right, you're going to build this memorial. And I'll tell you what, Scruggs, you need a mental health day, you need a mental health week. Okay. You come back when you're ready. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we'll have a job waiting for you. But I became, became obsessed. It was this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I just knew it would work yeah. because... There was a psychiatrist who studied under uh, Sigmund Freud. His name was Carl Jung. He was yep. from Austria. Yep. And he believed in, you know, societal, societal archetypes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we're all sort of tied together. And the societal, one societal archetype is the warrior. The warrior who gets wounded, injured, fighting for the country. So my theory was I would take these guys who had given their lives put their names on a memorial right in the, yeah. the center of Washington, D.C. So that was the whole story. I, I made, you know, nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but I started it, and uh, everything worked out just fine in the long term. But what saved me was uh, some publicity from this came out in, in July of, of 1979. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had raised like less than two hundred dollars, so I was—they were kind of laughing at me, you know, these late-night talk show guys and all that. Mm. But that gave me what I needed. 
So I got uh, some guys approached me. They had been to the West West Point, mm-hmm. and they had also been to Harvard Business School. Oh, they take the really smart ones and send send them to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the army is like a big corporation. You get yeah. all supplies <laughs> and all this stuff. Sure. So uh, uh, they put together a Harvard kind of like a Harvard Business Program, uh, mm-hmm. Harvard Business School uh, test. How would you do this? You know, okay, we're going to get a a site. We're going to get some money. We're going to design. We're going to dedicate it. We're going to do it in three years. Guess what? We did it in three years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's that's spectacular for anything. Yeah. 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 And you could never do this again. I'll tell you why. Because once this big controversy started over the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, mm-hmm. if these guys would have had, you know, Facebook and Spotify and all all this Instant communication you, you can get your hands on nowadays. If they would have had that, you never would have had a chance with Congress. We were always mm-hmm. kind of a, one day ahead of them with, yeah. with our, our strategy. And ultimately, we, we made a compromise with the opponents. And the, the compromise was to add a flag and statue right. to the uh, design. Right. We have an, an actual, an, a beautiful statue of the three servicemen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was even improved further in 1994 when the Vietnam women statue was placed there. It's very nice. Yeah. And uh, so it has a happy ending. Yes. And what's your next question? Once upon a time, I also worked for the the federal government. Uh, how many bureaucracies did you ultimately have to go through to accomplish this? Yeah, well, the first bureaucracy is, is the United States Congress, mm-hmm. and they have a committee stru- structure and a subcommittee structure. So we had to deal with them first. Then, in Washington D.C., if you want to build something on or near the mall. Uh, you need to have uh, uh, hearings in front of the Commission on Fine Arts, the National Capital Memorial Advisory Commission, mm-hmm. uh, the District of Columbia Historical Commission. Everyone's got to be on board with this thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, we had a design. We had the largest architectural design competition held in the history of Western civilization. Yeah. yeah. That is not a joke. Yeah. That is the frigging truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I can imagine. And who who wins? Who wins it? Right, a a young twenty one year old kid from Yale University. Yeah, Maya Yanglin, yeah. Chinese ancestry, which I thought was fantastic. Beautiful woman, very well spoken. Mm-hmm. But her design was attacked. They said, "This is the black ash of shame and sorrow, the black ditch of shame." We're trying to bury the Vietnam War. You know, mm-hmm. you know. If they would have had all that stuff and put it on Spotify and all this other stuff, they would, they would have buried us. And, and they almost did, actually. Yeah. What happened was, on uh, 
after we'd gotten all these approvals, the Secretary of the Interior said, I'm sorry, gentlemen, you're not building this memorial. I've gotten 20, 24 phone calls from members of Congress begging me to stop you from building this memorial, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and now it's, it's now March 1982. Mm-hmm. We're going to build this thing for November 1982, right? Mm-hmm. right? What do we do? Guess what? I've run out of ammo. <laughs> this gun won't work anymore. There's nothing left except one guy. One guy comes along. His name is Tom Shull, and he works for James Baker in the Reagan White House. Oh, okay. And you're a real smart guy, another West Point Harvard guy. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the Secretary of the Interior's office and uh, said, says, look, I hate to tell you this, but you're giving me the construction permit. You're going to give it to me today mm-hmm. because the president and uh, President Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. and everyone in this administration wants it built. So why don't you give me the permit? And the guy took it and said, okay, uh, here's the permit. Good luck with your groundbreaking. Wow. So, yeah, and we did the groundbreaking uh, March 26th. Uh-huh. And uh, we had 100, 100 veterans, two from every state. Each of them had a shovel. It was huge, a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And we were waiting for a temporary restraining order to be filed against us, uh-huh. uh, which it wasn't. And uh, I, w- I went to the uh, the sites, and all these bulldozers were there. And the guy said, what do you need your bulldozers for? You're way premature. I said, I need you to make this thing look like I called an airstrike with B-52s. <laughs> just holes everywhere. They screwed up so they couldn't pull a construction permit. Mm-hmm. So, I on my feet. I, I was I was fighting way, way beyond, beyond my weight class. <laughs> and I know you're going to ask me, well, how'd you get all the money? Yes. Getting the money was not, wasn't really that hard. Really? Bob Hope, yeah. I remember Bob Hope. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, he agreed to sign a direct mail letter, you know, please help build the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Oh, wow. And uh, we became kind of friends, friends with him or friendly with him. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you send out this Bob Hope letter to the same people who go to the Boy Scouts. You know, it's a real you know, science of direct mail. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, and they, they sent money in. I got a million dollars from the American Legion, $350,000 from uh, veterans of foreign wars. You know, some corporations like Boeing mm-hmm. and you know, these military groups, they gave us money. All the oil companies gave us money. Uh, Exxon gave us one dollar for every employee they had. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. the, the money was the hard, hard part. The hard part was the holo- politics. Yeah, this was uh, this was serious stuff. Was serious people. They had a lot of money behind them, yeah. and uh, these people knew how to play for keeps. Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that. Now, let me just this question arises: the decision to go completely private, as opposed to some form of of grant funding from the government or something. How did that come about? Well, the 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 committee on national parks established a policy years ago that any national memorial placed on the mall would not be paid for with any federal funds. Oh. That's the answer to your question. Oh, oh, okay. 
So you 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 had no choice essentially, but to to do this. We're gonna put it in Kansas City or you know Modesto, California, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, you want it on the mall. Yeah, I'm yeah. involved with also the, the Global War on Terror Memorial. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we got that. I got that thing started back in 2015. We got some good people taking care of it. It'll all be. But you know, they they too had to agree to the same thing. Yeah. And no federal funds will be used. So yeah. Yeah. Go. Sure. Uh, that's that. <laughs> they got the right guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. So given given the, the that whole time, even let's see, you it was built in '82, but there was still a strong anti-war uh, sentiment. Ex- that existed, not necessarily as widespread yeah. as before, but but yeah. how how did you uh, how did the acceptance? I mean, I, I know the compromise. I understand the compromise. Yeah, but was that that was just just that was enough, or did you did you have to? Here's go- the thing. Here's the thing. You know, mm-hmm. the the left was very anti-war and all that type of thing. We had people on our on our governing committee. We had George McGovern. And the whole thing was, we separate the war from the warrior. Uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial is not about glorifying or condemning the Vietnam War. It's about people who serve the country. So that was the kind of foolproof strategy we had. Mm -hmm. And the left never even raised a a finger at the whole thing. I sat down with Tom Hayden something like uh, five five or six years ago. He said, oh, no, (laughs) I'm totally for the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah, I never had any problems with the left. Had problems with like the uh, kind of the far right. Yeah. Uh, Her- Heritage Foundation groups like that. Yeah. They, you know, William F. Buckley had this uh, uh, National Review. Right. They had the first editorial against it, which was in October. So, mm-hmm. the Vietnam Veterans Memorial it looks like the victims of a huge bus accident. And, uh, <laughs> oh wow! And from there, you know, more and more people got involved, and this became mm-hmm. a very heavily coordinated by wa- Washington ins- insiders. Yeah. We had people on the inside at the Interior Department. We had people mm-hmm. inside at the National Security Council, and, and elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, they, these guys really knew what they were doing, and they had uh, un- virtually unlimited money. How and, uh, how 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 many of those were Vietnam vets? Most of them were. No, yeah, I figured that. I figured <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> some Marines, some Army, some Navy. Yeah. You know, but but I I understand what their their point. If you were to see a, a picture of this drawn on two dimensional paper, mm-hmm. you would say, "What is this all about? This is like a, what is this a bat?" Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't. You had to build it. We had to build it for people to understand that this black stone mm-hmm. is so fantastic, I and mean, you can throw blood on it, anything you want. You cannot damage this black stone, as you can completely ruin, you know, marble sure. for these old cemeteries and all that type of thing. Yeah. So we had the ultra conservatives, and, and just a lot of people who just said, "Look, I, I don't like. I just don't like it." And, uh, but once it was built, yeah. you know, it, it, hardly anybody even remembers the controversy. Yeah. But uh, it was overwhelming at the time, and uh, I, I couldn't really take much more of it. It was just too much drama, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
<laughs> but you were you were focused on what what you needed to accomplish, the goal. And I, I can appreciate that every time somebody came up and said, you know, well here's a here's another rock for you, carry that rock, that it would get really <laughs> frustrating and and um, you know people trying to even even those that that didn't necessarily mean to to throw a roadblock up. Um, you know, they'd come up with some idea, I suppose. And, and yeah. Well, you remember in psychiatry, they had the, the Rorschach ink blot test. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, you're looking at So uh, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Design, it was like a Rorschach ink blot test. Mm-hmm. I mean, people bring to the ink blot test what is inside of them. And mm-hmm. when they interpret the, the ink blot, you know, that tells you a little bit about their personality and why they're having such difficulties. So with the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the it was a Rorschach inkblot test. Right. And if you, wanted, if you had something that was really bothering you about Vietnam, uh, and all of a sudden this thing comes on the horizon, it's black, designed by an Asian American, and that was a real problem for some people. Yeah. I mean, a real racial problem for oh, some yeah. people. Sure. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you had the target. And uh, I get worked up even talking about it, and uh, I'm just glad it's all over. But <laughs> yeah. it ended 40 years ago, basically. Yeah. Yeah. March 26th uh, of uh, 1979, once we got the shovels in the ground and began construction, nobody was going to stop the memorial from being built. Right. And uh, it was absolutely incredible. And, and for years afterwards, Different people were constantly trying to get revenge on me, oh. me, little Jan, personally, because I built this. Oh, no. I also had to screw a couple of people over in order to get built. <laughs> well, yeah, I can appreciate that. There's all, yeah. in, in Washington, there's typically winners and losers. They don't. Yeah. Everybody's got to have a side and yeah. not necessarily the same side. So, that, I mean, that, that was my experience in, in when I was, I, on, I only spent 12 years in the bureaucracy, but. That was, yeah. that was enough to know that uh, uh, I, I was in the national office where the all the biggies are, and I watched yeah. this for some quite some time, and it was fascinating. Yeah. It also became uh, a real uh, motivator for me to not only get out of Washington, D.C., but to go do something else. So, yeah. <laughs> you know... <laughs> So I got into education here, and I spent 35 years in California public schools. And nice. I feel well. Yeah, I feel a whole lot better about having done that than what I was yeah. doing. So, yeah, that's that's nice. Um, you're an attorney, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to law school right after this whole thing started, but oh. for no other reason to protect myself. You know what I mean? Right. Against these people who were constantly screwing with me. Right. You know, claiming financial irregularities, all this sort of thing. Uh, that, so, uh, yeah, you know, I go go to school. So I, I get out of out of law school after spending three years, and uh, I said to myself, you "Now it's the tenth anniversary of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. This, this <laughs> is what I should be doing with my life." Yeah. So I reformed the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, right. hired a staff, and we had a tenth anniversary. Then we had a twentieth, and twenty fifth, and thirty fifth, and now the 40th is coming up. I, I uh, ended my career there mm-hmm. in uh, 20, 2015. I was kind of, I was done. Okay. And now I'm, I live in Annapolis, Maryland. 
oh. home of the United States Naval Academy. Right. And we have uh, probably, I think, one out of every seven guys and women who go there mm -hmm. uh, go into the United States Marine Corps, become Marine Corps officers, mm -hmm. Marine Corps flyers. And it's really an inspiring place to live. And uh, it was also the first capital of the United States. Right. Uh, the State House, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice little, yeah. little tourist tourist trap for the Washingtonians. Yeah, I live right here on the uh, called Spa Creek, and I can see the Naval Academy Chapel as I'm talking to you right now. Oh wow, how nice! That is that's that's a neat, that neat 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 neat. Yeah, the I the one thing I did enjoy back there was was the the monuments and the the uh, every time somebody came to visit, we always had something to do. Of course. Um, yeah, it, but the Smithsonian's were our first choice for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah, that because of the well, because it's the Smithsonian's, I guess. Uh, yes. So, um, I was gonna, you know, that they touched on, but not very much. The was was that just all? I'm sorry, I'm getting rambling here. Yeah. At one point. Somebody brings in the movie. Somebody brings in, I don't know, a dozen boxes, half a dozen boxes, and says, "Look at all this, all these people who oppose the the the, the wall." Um, was that all just bluff, or was there was there that that strong of a of a backlash for whatever reason? Or yes, there were stacks of mail uh, in, in the in in Congress and you know, petitions and. Uh, as a matter of fact, I met a guy several years ago who said, oh, so right before you dedicated, you broke ground, I, I had drafted a condemnation of the memorial from the uh, Daughters of the American Resolution. Oh, you know? So, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this is a, like an, an escape artist, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not particularly smart or clever, but I, I got myself into a situation and sometimes I, I can see solutions to problems that other people don't. Yeah. And sometimes I can see that I've created a problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have to extricate myself from. But well, it looks like you had issue. some very smart people working with you. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, John P. Wheeler the third, a very interesting fellow. Mm -hmm. He was murdered in the year uh, 2011. Oh. And, but he was a, a graduate of Harvard Business School. Yale Law School and the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Wow! So we had a lot of people like that. Another guy, Bob Kimmett, mm -hmm. he was uh, became the ambassador to Germany. Uh, speaks fluent German, uh -huh. and he was there when the wall fell. So I mean, we had uh, you know kind of the cream of the crop of s smart guys and women mm -hmm. who, who uh, were available to help me make my dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know, it's always good to surround yourself with really smart people. It can sometimes be a pain in the neck, but, but by and large, it's, it's you know, because when you, when you get smart people together, <laughs> there tends to be arguments. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like you were able to mediate all of that uh, very effectively. Um, and, and certainly the goal, with the goal, you never lost, yeah, you, how is it that you never really lost the goal? Uh, that you didn't get bogged down? What I can down. tell you is, it was when you have blinders on, you know, you have blinders on. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying to myself, you know, 
this is Dan Aykroyd. This is, you know, Blues Brothers. Uh-huh. I'm on a mission from God. I'm on a frigging mission from God. I had to do this for my fallen buddies, all these yeah. guys I saw. And the, the most traumatic thing that happened to me was January 21 of 1970. Mm-hmm. Twelve of my buddies, they were unloading uh, some mortar shells from a truck, uh-huh. and it blew up. Oh. I mean, three of the shells, they, they, somebody had not put the, the little safety primers in there, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just to stop the detonation. Right. And, uh, oh, gosh. and boom, like, there was this huge explosion. I run over there. Yeah. I'm the first guy there. And uh, their arms and legs and brains and intestines and Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can't do I mean, even now, today, talking about it, it still screws me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some friends. I mean, I, I, keep, I keep in touch with people who lost relatives in that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was a big deal. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Or maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, that was a terrible thing to go through and still is. Yeah. But uh, because of that, that was the straw that made me crazy for getting this thing built. I had to do it yeah. for these guys and, and for everybody else. Yeah. But that was the one, the one incident that just kind of <laughs> blew my mind. And that, that was it. Right, right. Yeah. I gotta, uh, uh, how, yeah. how is your PTSD these days? Well, you know what? Uh, until I talked to you, it's just fine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, PTSD. It sometimes it gets better mm-hmm. uh, over time, right. and uh, I think that's uh, in my case that was. Uh, yeah. it, it gets a little better, and sometimes uh, it, it doesn't. But uh, uh, I've, I've got a good life, and I live a good life. Everything's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. I would agree. I, I'm a hundred percent disabled uh, due to PTSD, so I I, yeah. I understand, and and I, I and I certainly understand the roller coaster that that you were certainly that you were on at the time. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's that's most. Yeah. Uh, so so you have Becky. Is that? Yeah. And yeah. you've been married for how many years? We got married in uh, 1974. Oh, okay. And uh, we've had a great, great marriage. She's really a fantastic person, and uh, we've had such wonderful experiences. And we've traveled all over, uh, met people. Mm-hmm. We have friends in Maui. And by the way, I, I've met like almost all the presidents: Ronald Reagan, wow. uh, Jimmy Carter, Obama, How nice. uh, George Bush, yeah. uh, both George Bushes. President Carter was there when, when we uh, got the legislation through. Yeah. So I got pictures of me with all these presidents. <laughs> How neat! I'm actually looking at them right now. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That, but that you know, that that that's where you had to be in order to get what you needed to get done, and that's that's perfectly yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, and and you, you learn how to, you know, you learn how to work in Congress, put the charm on. You know, you say, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna bring the heavy weapons out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it is an art form. There's no question, and it's not it's not as simple as it may look to you know to yeah. our you know to the general public. I'm sure. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know half of it. I, I learned some of it because I had to get some legislation through, and it, but it wasn't yeah. me. <laughs> you know, it's cutthroat, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's it can be it can be challenging. But I don't, I, you know, the stuff that you went through with all the bureaucracies is just, uh, you know, I, I was amazed at at that, particularly when uh, when I even got a glimpse in the movie, and and that was, you know, just um, yeah. But, but I have to say, just as a side note. Uh, I am glad to see that uh, Watt got overru- overruled at least one more time because uh, we were back there when when uh, he was trying to to kill the Beach Boys. Yes, and, Watt, of course, and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> got overruled on that one, for which I am yeah. most grateful. <laughs> so, but uh, that was good. But because there was that controversy, right? When we had the confrontation with the establishment there. Yep. They had already, you know, they were already having a bad PR problem. We gave them the opportunity to have an even bigger PR problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully it worked. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to juggle one problem, let alone multiple problems back there. So. Yeah. Well, look, let me end by, by just saying Please this. Do. Look, yeah. I know there, there are a lot of people listening to this who were in the service who saw a lot of combat and not everything's turned out just perfect in their life but just keep hanging out hanging in there and keep uh, your friendships alive mm-hmm. and keep inspiring others and also uh, you know remember to the armed forces are very important and uh, uh, if you have a son daughter or neighbor who wants to go in mm-hmm. uh, might might encourage them to do that because yeah. we certainly need people to defend well, the nation and stay out of these goofy wars hopefully that might help a lot before I, before you go I, I i'd like to have you do a plug one more time i i i assume that that the upkeep of all of that and and the continuing uh uh well the continuing upkeep of the wall still requires funding uh and so uh, i would i mean on your behalf or you're welcome to do this as well I would encourage everyone to continue to to contribute to the to the Vietnam veterans uh, wall uh, in order to to maintain the the beauty and the majesty of that wall. Jan, thank you so very much. I wish you all the continuing success that you that you deserve. Um, and and to my listening audience, if you have not visited the Vietnam Memorial, please go. If you have not if you have been to the memorial, go again. If you have if you have not seen the movie The Healing Wall, please watch it. It is a fascinating story.